Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Blincham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. Welcome to yet another episode of your favorite podcast, Fiddle and Pipe. I'm Brittany Ross, the hot babe snacking on whatever that is. It looks like caramels over there. That's a Catherine Flincham. It's like a, it's not a Fig Newton. It's like a Nutri-Grain bar. Oh, it just looks like chunks of caramel. <laughs> my Half my ear fell off. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. So it's a nature's bakery fig bar, if anyone is curious. Oh my god, my other ear fell. (laughs) (laughs) I need to, like, stay in one place with these things on. I try to run with these. Not a good idea. I was gonna say, they look like they're falling out really... I know! And I'm trying to, like... Really bad. I'm trying to, like, figure out, like... What's the best angle to, like, listen and, like, keep these sticking in my ear when I, like, go running or if I'm moving around? Because I like to have these, I like having Bluetooth headphones, at least, when I'm cooking or doing, like, household cleaning or whatnot because the noise from, like, water running. You don't have to carry your phone with you. Yeah, it's just, it's nice to hear everything clearly and not have to guess what was that word. Oh, you mean noise canceling, not Bluetooth. Or, well, I guess, yeah, noise-canceling Bluetooth. I mean, portable headphones. (laughs) Before we keep going, I do need to ask you, did you actually read the sections of the book that we're talking about today? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I know. I came prepared. I did my homework. Okay. I better have, like, read all the right chapters, because I spent until, like, midnight last night reading that last chapter that we did, (laughs) that we're going to do. Yeah, that one, that last one was long. Which will be the next episode for y'all. <laughs> yeah, we tried to record this episode yesterday and Catherine didn't record or didn't read one of the chapters. You know, normal things. So there's a little surprise that's going to be up on Patreon for y'all where we try to record an episode and we don't. <laughs> Your headphones keep falling out. <laughs> I know, this is going to be a really hard 45 you just, minutes. You just sit there with your hands on your ears. <laughs> What's wrong with Catherine? I'm okay. I can hear you guys. Wait, I need to take a picture of this. <laughs> oh, it looks so absurd. I'm sending that to you. That's some good Thank shit you. right there. So, what did you read for this? Uh, we read... The Professional, and Intent. And you read both of them, right? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, good. (laughs) I just got your picture. (laughs) Anyway. You're such a cutie, I love it. Thank you. (laughs) I honestly didn't have too much to say about either of these two chapters, because I feel like they're pretty self-explanatory. They were, and they were very redundant, I think, from the previous two sections even because some of the some stuff from the previous two sections kept popping up too, and I was like, "Wait, are we doing trust yourself again, or are we doing generous again? What is this? What are where are we? What are we talking about?" And I felt that more with the professional than I did the did intent. 
Really? Because I feel like there were a few times in Intent where he kept talking about what it's like to be intentional and generous. There were some moments there, too, that I noticed. But there were moments when I was reading The Professional, and I was sitting there, and I was... I I knew that it was, like, a shorter section compared to the other ones that we're reading. Mm -hmm. But there were moments where I forgot what... He was saying. What we were... Yeah, what what section is this? What are we talking about? What's the (laughs) point of this? Because it just felt like a repeat of what we just read and talked about. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, it was really hard to kind of, like... Stay focused. I guess remember and stay focused in some way of, like, what are we reading? I felt the whole way about this book, to be completely honest, and I really wish I had more to say, so that way this isn't going to be, like, a 10-minute episode, which it might be. <laughs> the professional section is literally just do the thing because it's your job to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, do the thing because you need to. Like, what was it? The intro- Like, the introduction was a lifeguard saves a kid from drowning. Because it's their job, not because they want to. And I'm like, I think you want to. Yeah, it's their job. And, like, I'm just sitting there to... That- that's the point. Yeah, that's, like, why you have lifeguards. Also, so that way, because I feel like most people, because in his next little blurb, he talks about how people do things without thinking they just automatically do things and he uses them as an example of like you're walking to work in your nice new shoes and there's a girl like drowning in a river or something he has a fixation on kids drowning in this section (sighs) and he's like you're not gonna sit there and contemplate should i ruin my shoes to save this kid no you're just gonna go save the kid you're not just gonna like leave and let a kid drown what are you going to do? If you're not going to go save the kid, you're going to call 911. You're going to do something about it. It's not like yeah, just sit there and smile and be like, LOL. <laughs> Which sounds really morbid now that we're talking about that, comparing that to a drowning kid. But yeah, you know. Um, but it's like you're always going to choose to take an action. And whether yes. it's your job or not, I think is what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it's just about like choosing to do the thing that you're paid for. Or I guess that is your job. There was one thing in this section that he talks about. And it took a little bit into the section for me to find it. But it's his section where he's talking about talent isn't the same as skill. I have that down too. Yeah. I think it's on page 102. I liked that. That really resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I I know I've seen that before too. Like I've, I've definitely seen and heard this before that skill is different from talent and well have you seen that meme is floats around like facebook and instagram and it's someone talking to like a musician or an artist or something and they're like wow like how did you get so good and the person's like practice and it's like wow you must be born with it and the other person's like practice and it's like wow i guess i'll never get that good and it's like you just need practice (laughs) And it's just kind of like this conversation back and forth where the person's like, oh, I guess it's just talent, like, whatever. And the person's like, no, I, I just, I practice. <laughs> I know that that's an audio reel, <laughs> an audio audio snippet for Instagram reels and TikToks. Because there's been, I've seen that go around where people have taken that audio snippet and it's like, how did you get so good? Practice. Maybe you're just born with it practice it's i i can send you a couple but you most likely have heard it 
before. Mm-hmm. If you're on a Instagram just as much as I am, you probably know what I'm talking about because we don't have lives, so. No. Th- this is our life. It, this is our life, yeah. I used to think when I was a lot younger, and I would say more when I was, like, in high school, and maybe, like, the beginning of undergrad, I used to always feel like I was super freaking talented because I had started my instrument at a younger age compared to a lot of people that I did go to school with. And granted, like, I went to, like, I don't consider Woodstock to be, like, a small town. It's, like, it's getting bigger and bigger and more atrocious as days go by. It's just part of, like, (laughs) the general metro Atlanta area at this point, I feel like. Yeah, but, like, a lot of people that I knew, like, I went to school with, oh my (laughs) god, my ears. (laughs) These damn headphones. I'm back. Hey. I can hear you. I missed you. I knew a lot of people in my band program because it was pretty small. And But we had like a big school. Like there were so many people. But we had a small band program. And I knew mostly everybody from middle school that started out on their instruments. And at that time, I had like three years of experience. And I was, miss, I think I'm so freaking better because I've been playing longer than everybody else. And I kind of had that like, right. I didn't really show it all the time and gloat about it. But internally... I would, like, hold that inside and be like, I'm better than everybody else because I've, like... You were walking around with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, I've been playing this longer. I'm much better. I'm super talented. This is my thing. And I used to think that a lot. When I got into college, (laughs) LOL, um, you know... Reality check. I'm a small fish in a bigger pond, and it's like... Uh, bitch, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Like... Yeah. And I just realized that everything that I thought was, you know, I was just kind of more looking towards, oh, I'm talented and I'm amazing and this is what, this is my thing and this is how everybody knows me by and realizing that, you know, it takes work to really build what you want to become. Things don't just fall out of the sky and you're not just immediately like an amazing player. Not everyone's going to like, you know completely praise you and love what you do you kind of have to work for it and I noticed that a lot I noticed that immediately when I was in college and I think that's what kind of like drove me to like work really hard yeah it, it really changed my thought process because I now feel like you know skill over talent really that's how I kind of think of things now I had a really hard time when I picked up violin because I don't think I'm super talented in music. I had a really hard time with senses of pitch. I was one of those people who, like, didn't have a good ear. I mean, fair. RL skills sucked. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I had to work really hard to figure out if things were out of tune and, mm-hmm. like, work on ear training. And I had a friend who I kind of grew up with. She was really talented and didn't put as much work into I guess playing violin, but I worked really hard. I didn't really have much talent. So we're pretty like neck and neck for a while there until kind of, I think, late high school, early college when I surpassed her. Because I used to think that talent was, you know, if you were talented at something, you had this, you were just going to stay good and be good forever and whatever. Mm -hmm. Nothing will go wrong, really. Yeah. Instead of, like, now where I I see it in kids and I see it in myself where if you have talent, you might have a predisposition towards something. 
and you might have an easier time, but the kid who works really hard or the person who works really hard is going to far surpass you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, talent just gets you so far alone. Exactly. Interesting that we have two different perspectives coming out of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say that my flute journey has been easy, but I think because I knew that I had more experience than people and I was using this one little thing like, oh, I've been playing since I was like nine. <laughs> I just thought of myself as like, I'm a gift from God. <laughs> Did you play flute so young because you, like that was the thing in your school district or you just like wanted to or your parents wanted you to? I wanted to play flute because they had band at the school that I was in for after school. Um, I, went to a, I went to a private school when I was, um, for the first, like, until, like, fourth grade, basically. Okay. So, when I was younger, I had, they had an after-school program, but you didn't go into until you were in fourth grade. So, when I finally had the chance, I took the opportunity, because I did not want to be in after-school. I was so bored in there, and it was just not a good time, and I wanted to bring a case to school and be super freaking cool, walk in a class with my flute case, being like, I got banned today. So... I don't have to go straight to the after-school line for attendance. I could just go straight to the cafeteria. You didn't socialize with very many kids, did you? Um, I did, actually. <laughs> it's also going to say, I've never heard anyone say, I'm going to be really cool and join band. I know. <laughs> I know. That was my thought process when I was nine, so I was dedicated. Then after that year was when I switched over to Cherokee County schools so and then they didn't have a band program obviously and they don't Mm -hmm. have after school band programs because um it's Cherokee County so so you did private lessons for a few years until you got to middle school and by that point you were already playing for like three years and I got really bored right I got really really bored but I did notice this though that like because I wasn't practicing as often I noticed that kids in my grade started getting better and I was like, ooh, I gotta get better too. And that was when I started practicing more. But I still had this mindset where I was like, I'm still better than everybody else, you know? Cause I'm more talented. And I thought that for, again, a long time when I was young mm-hmm. and I don't think that way now, definitely not. But you know, you have to live and you have to learn, so. Yeah. What else does he say in this chapter? Um, he points out the differences of like a hack versus a professional versus an amateur. He kind of goes back and forth over and over again with this. This is a little repetitive. And I just put, what are we doing? <laughs> I just put, what are we doing in my notes? I feel like he could have just left it as, you're a hack if you're following the finished product and that's it. That's it. And you're a professional if you love what you do and you get paid for it and you have a good product. And you're an amateur if you don't get paid for your product. But he kept revisiting this, don't be a hack, you know, don't sell out, basically. Which reminds me of, like, discussions I had in undergrad when I was um, taking courses or doing more work that was discussion-based and about art versus kind of selling yourself out and Mm -hmm. how... But I, I just, like, recall it more from my 21st century class that I took in one of either like the second to last year or my last year at KSU. But I remember Mm -hmm. we read a book called The Rest is Noise by... um, Alex Ross. That's him. Your last name. (laughs) My last name. (laughs) 
your last name. And I remember we were, there's like some part in there where it kind of talks about how like, I, I just remember there's like this trend, like art music is not really like likable at the time and. Avant-garde. Yeah, avant-garde. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> but it just reminds me of like, you know, you know, how people, how art artists like, you know, stay weird and true to like their craft. Which is, like, yeah. fine. I'm totally fine with that. I love art in many different ways. But if you, like, do anything that's mainstream, then you're selling out and you're turning into a pop artist of some sort. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I kind of think about it. It's like, you can you can take weird pictures that are artsy and creepy that people might not understand, or you can take family photos in front of a mountainside and be like, this is my thing. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's just whatever works for you. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not, I don't know. I <laughs> Reading this section really made me think of like high school when you'd be like, you're a poser because you only wear punk clothes and you don't listen oh to my punk God. music. And I was like, these labels just seem so stupid. Like either you're a pro or you're not. You're not really emo if you're not wearing black every day, Brittany. <laughs> How heavy is your eyeliner? It's just like... That's just what I thought. I'm like, these labels are so stupid. Like, I don't, like, I get that you don't want to be fake, I guess. But at the same time, especially, I think, coming, I say coming out of, but we're still in the pandemic where, I mean, musicians have always been multifaceted people and have, like, different streams of income. But even more so, I feel like we further diversify what we do. Because, I mean, like, we podcast now, and that's Mm -hmm. not what we did pre-COVID. And I don't think that means that we're hacks. (laughs) We're not hacks. I think for us, we have the flexibility to explore different realms in our careers. And I, like, this is what I like to think of it as, you know? Mm -hmm. I love playing flute, but there are some times where I don't even want to pick up my instrument. Yeah, I feel that. And I think that's fine. Exactly. And then there are days where I don't want to podcast. I just think some of the labels were a little unnecessary, or at least the repetition of them. It was. There was, like, one moment. I did write it down. It's towards the end of the professional. It kind of, like, goes into, like, three different, like, sections, but he kind of talks about, like, choosing your clients, choosing your future, and things like that, and I kind of, like, took it as, like... So when I was, like, reading this, it kind of reminded me of, like, taking gigs, um, taking free gigs, and, and taking paid gigs. That's what I kind of, like, got out of this, like, if you want better, like, do better work, you'll get better clients. And I kind of thought about, like, if you take in better gigs, you're going to get better gigs in the future. You know, you're not going to get – if you keep taking free things, you're going to keep getting asked to take free things. And it's going to be really stressful and it's going to be just aggravating and it might make you feel disrespected in general. Yep. But if you want to get paid and you want to, like, your – if you want your worth to be valued, one, you got to, like, show up and, like – do the work. Make sure you're prepared for the gig, you're on time, all that stuff. Like, be presentable. But also, like, take in, like, know your worth and be like, this is my rate. If you do that, you're going to probably get more of those gigs in the future. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't know. I just I just got asked to, like, do a free thing. So I was like, oof. So it triggered you? It triggered me because, I mean, as musicians, like, I know that for myself at least, I've had self-confidence issues and have been like, my worth is like not that much because I don't go to the school and my skill's not like this. But I think now that I'm older and definitely the pandemic made me realize this, that like 
no, I have credentials. I have experience. I deserve to get paid. I don't deserve to be playing things for free. I think it's so easy to get caught in that trap that we're not worthy enough for that sometimes. He kind of talks about it later down the road, I think, with not writer's block, but with um, intent, maybe. Mm -hmm. There's like a moment where he talks about like the institution and how like a piece of paper is just a piece of paper. No, that's the start of writer's block. That's the writer's block one. So I'm just getting ahead of myself. But it just, (laughs) you know, I think it's just so easy to kind of like put ourselves down and be like, yeah, I'll take it for free for experience. But at the same time, that's all like if you keep doing that, that's all you're really going to get unless you change that cycle. Yeah, I haven't really done free gigs since, oh god, maybe high school. I nixed that really fast because once I started working, or yeah, I guess working for towards a degree, I was like, well, I want this to be my job. And then mm-hmm. I worked at Kroger when I was in college and high school, and I kind of took a leap of faith when I had a few students when I was a freshman and quit my Kroger job. And I was like, I'm going to be a musician. And then I was like, oh, God, if I'm going to be a musician, like, this has to be my job. I can't keep taking free shit or low-paying shit. And I never took any free things when I was in Georgia. It wasn't until I moved here. And I think I did that mainly because, you know, I was a new face and a new name. And I did it... To network and stuff. Yeah, I was just trying to put my name out there. And I did a lot of, like... I remember I just put myself on, like... I would send my my resume to like orchestras here and then I would go there and audition because I was like oh I'm just doing this anyway for like studio class so it's just good practice to like kind of play in front of people anyway and then Mm. they would tell me that we're all volunteer or maybe like they would just pay their principals because over here there's a lot more like all volunteer groups and less like regional like paid yeah I mean they're there but considering like we're out west it's a little bit more sparse compared to like the east coast right this is what the reality is and i totally get it i totally get it and i don't know i just i spent years like i I just i started doing it when i was in school because i was telling myself i'm a student and i haven't got my degree yet and this is just me for like building experience and when i started doing it regularly with a local group i was at first, okay with it, because I was telling myself, this is rep that you're learning, and you're... At least you're getting something out of it. This is good experience for you. Yeah. Yeah, but then I realized that, like, nothing was going to change if I stayed there. Right. And I realized that within, like, a year, almost a two years, like, because COVID kind of cut that off. I'm glad I learned when I did, but at the same time, I just got asked to audition for like a local group here and they have an opening and they email like they emailed me a position with like at least 11 excerpts not paid in two weeks and i was like hell no sitting there and i was like no i'm not even gonna attempt to try to practice this stuff why would you like no that's a lot of work for no reward yeah and it just kind of sucks because like It's, like, kind of a slap in the face to, like, my career. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't say anything. Yeah. I made a reel about it. I made a TikTok about it. Or you could respond back and be like, I think you sent this to the wrong person. You know, if your signature's, like, professional flute player. I know. But, I mean, that's just, like, something that I just want to be open and honest about because I know some people do it. I know it's kind of, like, shameful, and I felt embarrassed by it. 
But, I mean, I don't do that shit anymore. And it's like, I don't, I think that, I wish I didn't do that shit for a long time. And I only did it because I thought it would help me out and benefit me. But all, all it really did, I mean, did I play some really cool music? Yeah, definitely. But did it really benefit me in the long run? I was way more stressed out and burned out than I was productive. Let's just say that. Right. It reminds me of when I took those gigs in college for that guy who had really low-paying wedding gigs. (laughs) Do you know who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's like $80 wedding gigs, and he would give you the music the day of, which is... As a professional, as long as it's not anything out of the ordinary, it's not a big deal. But for college kids, I feel like that's kind of a big deal. That is a big deal. Because normally for weddings, you're kind of playing more or less the same things. But... Yeah. It was... uh, And then his wife literally almost killed me on (laughs) I-75. Yeah, I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, me too. I was justifying it because I was like, well, at least it's making money in music. But then I was like... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not paid well, and I mean it was frequent, but it was just it wasn't worth my time or energy. And that's and that's the other like another thing is getting low paying gigs. Um, yeah, which is like a step up, but almost worse. Yeah, I definitely have been more selective of what I take. Same. And just depending on you know travel and time that I have to prepare music and time I need to take off in case I have to take it off from like lessons or podcasting or something else that I'm doing and it's just like if it's not adding up to the amount of work that I know I need to do for this then I'm not going to take it yeah I don't know I feel like I'm getting better at it but Mm -hmm. it'll get easier every time you do it too for me, like, one that says yes to things a lot and has said yes and try to be super nice and, you know, make everyone happy and satisfied. Except yourself. It's definitely a hard road. <laughs> it's a hard yeah. road. It's a challenging road, but it's worth it. Yeah. Hey, you look kind of peppy. I am peppy because I just drank a cup of coffee from La Belle Rosette Espresso and Wine Bar. That's in Denver, right? Yep. We are located right across the street from the University of Denver. And do they have more than just espresso and wine? Yeah, we have breakfast burritos, paninis, pastries, teas. We have a lot. If someone was walking through Denver and let's say this person was me and let's say I wanted a panini, when is LaBelle open so I can go and get one? We are open from 7 to 5 Monday through Friday, 7 to 2 on Saturdays, 8 to 2 on Sundays. And if you use the code FPPODCAST, you'll get 15% off your order, whether you're in store or online at labellerosette.com. That's a really good deal. Totally a good deal, and it's even a better deal when you get to see moi at the store. Is that a good deal? Uh, not really, but I actually need to head to work right now because I'm gonna be late. Oh, so I'm gonna go. Go to La Belle Rosette. Go. Bye. Right now. <laughs> Drop everything. Go. Should we go on to the next section? Yeah, I was gonna say at least we're doing it with intent, which is the next section. Oh my. We are intentional about getting this book done. (laughs)
the whole concept that this, this chapter was just to be clear about your changes, if you're making any changes in your actions. This reminded me a lot of Atomic Habits. It reminded me of a less good Atomic Habits. Y- yeah, like, <laughs> we've already heard this before. from, But it was, it was a lot clearer in Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. A lot more clear and, like, here's what you should do. This was more like... You need to have a clear goal in mind. Basically. Go for it. The only thing that's really worth mentioning in this chapter, in my opinion, that Lisa, I wrote down, was he's talking... There's a section towards the end of Intent where he's talking about that you shouldn't be caught up in being authentic because you really can't be authentic because you'll need to work and push yourself to do things that you don't want to do. And you can't always, like, do things on your own terms kind of thing, which I get that. Especially I feel like as creatives, sometimes we get caught in our heads with, oh, it's just, I do this when I want to. And it's just, I feel really compelled. Just like, no, you need to work. Like, this is, this is your job. Like, this is your, what you need to get done. This is your assigned time to do the thing. Yeah, like, we want to avoid the work and, like, because it looks hard, basically. That's how I kind of, like, see it. We just want to be true to ourselves, and it's not true to ourselves if we have to force ourselves to do anything. Which also kind of, because I feel that way sometimes with work, because I don't want to force myself to work. I'm the same <laughs> it just way. Re- it reminded me of, like, Celeste Headley's book that we read earlier about how, like... Do nothing. Yeah, like, how we were not trained to, like, work for so, like so much and I'm like yeah <laughs> well, I should listen to Celeste Headley I'm supposed to like chill today <laughs> that's like that's how my brain goes and that's why sometimes like when I don't do work I'm like that's what I think right it's like it, this is hard we're not meant to be working every single day for hours and hours and hours <laughs> but yeah this that's... is not the life I'm designed to live yeah that's just like me on bad days though you know it's like I don't want to be working I get that because I feel like when I'm not working like doing work to make money I'm doing house chores or doing yard work or taking care of the animals or yeah I mean I make time and effort to exercise and that's my one big self-care thing that I'm pretty religious at doing but I feel like I don't have a lot of time for myself even when I Mm-hmm. in my schedule it looks like I have an empty day I'm like well it's just time to fill it with doing dishes <laughs> that's how I feel I feel that a lot with like social media stuff because I'm like I can just have a whole day of social media and it yeah it's a lot or editing yeah I get that mm-hmm. I totally get that yeah but I'm like I need to do this so I can advertise the podcast and actually give a clear and concise schedule for what we're playing <laughs> each week what we're playing each week or what we're what we're reading each week sorry guys (laughs) it's kind of the same thing yeah um if y'all haven't noticed i finally put up a schedule on instagram but this will be like two weeks late so it's okay (laughs) just go on our instagram follow us at fell and pipe thanks bye (laughs) uh did you have anything else that you wanted to say about either of these two sections um, I'm gonna check, like, what, what did I write? I read a lot of filler, like, this is redundant, this is redundant. <laughs> I think what I resonated 
the most with was maybe like the opening of intent really it says read this in question marks and i'm trying to like turn to the page so this is on page 122 um but it's called who's it for me i'll spot you this your wishes are pure (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was funny because i just heard that i was like that's cute I'll spot you this. Your wishes are pure, the change is important, and it's going to make things better, and you probably believe that things would be better if everyone got on board. But everyone won't. Everyone won't hear you, they won't understand you, and most of all, they won't act. Eventually, they might come around, some of everyone, anyway. Sooner or later, the culture changes. But not because you brought everyone an idea, because their friends and families and colleagues did. That's how widespread change happens. Always happens. First from the source, but mostly from the sides, which I thought was really interesting because I feel this way with the podcast every now and then where I'm like, no one's listening. No one's giving us feedback. We're doing so much. No one's listening. (laughs) And I mean, like, in reality, I kind of think about it. That's not true. There are people that listen. It's just more it takes time for word of mouth to, like, spread and to, like, share, like, what we have. Some people, like, binging it. Like, binging books when we're done. Yeah, and I related a lot to that, like, little section, because I was like, wow, it's everything that I've been stressing out about for a while. Yeah, about the podcast. Yeah, and been, like, I guess, like, stressed about since, like, we started, because, like, you want something that you start to, like, be successful and grow in a way, and that's all I've been worried about, and that's, like, the outcome, and I noticed that a little bit more, and I think we talk a little bit more, or he talks a little bit more about, like, how we're focused on our outcomes more and Instead not the, the process, process. Yep. when mm-hmm. in the next writer's block section, because that whole thing was, like, what, 50 pages long? 50-plus pages long? It's too long. It was so long, but still. That's what she said. Yeah, I just thought that resonated with me a little bit. And, yeah, you're right. This was, like, this was, like, the Kroger brand version of Atomic Habits. <laughs> not the kroger brand version let me just um how can i say that a little bit different the store brand huh this is the store brand version the store brand. atomic habits is the name brand <laughs> the name brand it's like i totally get what seth godin is going for it just like you can get the practice for 99 cents but atomic habits you have to pay four dollars for that <laughs> I love the store brand stuff, except I don't like the Kroger brand tortillas. Those are shit. <laughs> are we... Actually, no. They're fine. We normally... The corn, Kroger brand corn tortillas are fine. We usually, these days, don't get flour tortillas anymore because of my PCOS. That's why the flour tortillas are not that good. Really? I always thought they were fine. The last time I had them, I swear to God, it was, it was here, Denver... And I tasted like cardboard. And I was like, I can't eat this anymore. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't. So I started getting mission. Huh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that's that's just my little peeve. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Everything else is fine. Yeah. How did we get on this? I don't know. I just keep thinking about tortillas when I think about store brand because of how terrible those cardboard t- tortillas were. Either they were really stale or... They got made in a glue factory. I have no clue. But... I thought they were fine. 
I never like them. Maybe the Georgia ones are better. Maybe they taste better because it's just so wet here. <laughs> so they're not dry. I mean, it's so moist here. It's so moist. <laughs> well, now that everyone has turned off our podcast. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I guess that's about all we have for these two sections. It's pretty concise. Y'all will have a lot of extra time this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll be reading writer's block next week. No such thing as writer's block. Or no such thing as writer's block. That's the technical term. <laughs> if you want to follow along, if you're reading with us, just, you know, get a good head start. Yeah, it's a big boy. It's a big one. If you want to see what we're up to on our social media, you can find us on Instagram at Fiddle and Pipe. Catherine is at Calf Lunch Flute, and I am at BM Ross Music. If Facebook is more your jam for some reason, even though they're run by the same company, you can find us at Fiddle and Pipe Forum, which is an open group. Just go ahead, add yourselves, talk to us, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> please. I like how you just said please. <laughs> please. <laughs> we get <Thank> lonely. <laughs> if you want to hear the episode that we almost recorded you can find that at patreon.com slash fiddle and pipe and you can sponsor our podcast with a recurring monthly donation to help us pay for our books that we buy help us pay for recording equipment just you know if you think what we do is worth like Mm -hmm. two or five dollars a month which is not that much because inflation sucks it does like our prices are not rising people (laughs) they're staying the same they are, yes. <laughs> what what's the economic term for like stagnant? Is it stagnant? Stag stagnation. Stagnation. Okay. Stagnant. I didn't really pay attention in economics, let's just be honest. I took AP Econ and I feel like I was like <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, they put me in AP Econ one time and I said, Please don't put me in this class. Oh, it was too mathy. Yeah, I, I I'm glad I got pulled out of that because I was not that was not something I wanted to do. Maybe for other people, but for me, no. Yeah, but if you like what we do on the show, um, consider giving us your hard-earned monies. Thank you. Um, if you can donate your time for free, Yay. go rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts because you have the ability to do that. And we know y'all are listening on there, so... And rate us on Spotify. Yeah, That's a very sense. simple task. So, And even simpler. Sim- simpler? More simple? I think that run has got it into you. The amenities. Hmm. Taking Brains. <laughs> you can <laughs> go to your favorite listening app, hit the share button, and just text our podcast to your friends or your neighbors or whoever you think would enjoy our podcast because word of mouth is the easiest and best way for us to spread our good word mm-hmm. and i yeah. think that's it right yeah yes that's it yes okay well thanks for tuning in with us on the short episode and we'll see you next week for maybe a longer episode yeah yeah right okay bye